Sinkar and Subodh welcome you on the best talk show in Houston, Texas. When you talk, everyone listens. This is Open Forum. Coming to you live on 106.1 FM every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. Jagat Dinkar and Subodh welcome you on the best talk show in Houston, Texas. When you talk, everyone listens. This is Open Forum. Folks, welcome back to Open Forum. What a beautiful day outside to be playing golf or cricket. But thank you for tuning in to Open Forum instead. Jagat Bhai, I had to meet someone at I had gone to a wedding. Right. Beautiful wedding in Mexico. Mexico. By the way, congratulations to Shefali and Chetan. Their son, Parth, got married wow. in Mexico. Uh, it was a fantastic but marriage. That place is beautiful. Unbelievable. Well, just the yeah. wedding. You know, they got the, the chef came from India and the DJ came from New York, and I came from Houston. Wow. So all the combination itself tells you so everything. So what was your comedy then? <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> I just ate out there, and I, had, and I had a great time. It was really, really, really good. So, after eating so much, I'm like, so then I'm thinking January to February Then my friend Dr. Jasmine called me. She said, Hey, do you know February is like the American Heart Month? I want to know more about it because we really need to get back into shape again. And what happens is, as you know, Jagat, by October, November, December, a lot of parties go on. 
lot of imbibing of alcohol unfortunately yes. or fortunately yes so january quite unofficially is called the dry month for most american they i, I think it's in more in jest than anything else they call it the dry month and then february i think is it's very aptly it's called the american Describe. heart month and i i want to welcome our cardiologist um guest out here today dr jasmine khan we're going to just call you miss jasmine is that okay yes or should we call you dr khan Well, as you know, uh, Jagat, you were out of town, Ms. Jasmine, or Dr. Jasmine was here in November. Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, we probably have to shift the, maybe shift the, um, you may have to use that mic. Is this mic not working? Is that what, Jagat Bhai, is that what's going on? Or maybe the headphone is not working. The mic sh- should be working. The headphone is the one that needs to be changed. Uh, so, folks, we're going to be talking about your heart. you're going to be talking about how to prevent heart disease how to prevent heart disease is the key to a good health and we also going to talk about weight management because you know the key to good heart and a good health is to try to keep your weight optimal i mean you know you, you some people can drop it to you know good levels some cannot and but if you have an optimal weight a lot of good things happen to your life so we're going to be talking to dr khan dr khan is no stranger to open forum she's been on our show in uh, october november and um we liked her so much she liked the show so much that we it's a mutual thing that we brought her back again in the month the real good month the american heart month and uh, we are so happy to have you here what other landmark is american heart month and what else is going on in january or february something else is going on right so this month uh, is american heart month yeah? and it is dedicated to increase awareness about heart disease in the united states yesterday the first friday of the month is wear red day and that is mainly was. dedicated to creating awareness about women and heart disease that was yesterday that was yesterday it's then, usually the first friday of the month and your husband reminded me don't forget to tell her it's also valentines day on the 14th <laughs> which also <laughs> which also is a very significant a moment for everybody the hearts you know Absolutely. right yeah. so it's it's very aptly called the heart month in, in february folks our number out here if you want we're going to talk we're going to have so much fun talking about the heart and your heart disease as we all talk about this in medicine that prevention is always better than cure of course we have cures for a lot of diseases but you know preventing those diseases uh, or disease is much better as you can make out i mean you don't want to be in a hospital and then you get cured you want to stay out of the hospital and stay healthy and that's what my emphasis is going to be today dr khan how do we prevent heart diseases you know what are the guidelines that you can help us understand and then after that we want to talk a little bit about people who do have say they are uh, you know the bmi is much higher than they need to i know you talked about this last time that you do have uh, a program in your clinic where you can help people with uh, what's it called fat loss fat loss program where you can you have some instruments that you use we'll talk about that little later but we'll talk about this uh, now because i have a lot of people who listen and they always ask so what are the modalities that we can use to decrease the fat in you know other ways than exercises only and i'm like okay we'll talk to dr khan about that because 
She does do that in her clinics. Now, Dr. Khan, Jagat Bhai, practices in Sugarland and in Woodlands. And uh, so she, she comes to Sugarland twice a month. Oh, no, every, four times a month. Four times a month because there are four weeks. Mathematics, you know, that's what it is. Mathematics is not going to go to medical school. Mathematics is not going to be an engineer. So, four times a month you're in Sugarland. What days are you in Sugarland? Tell me. Every other Friday and every other Thursday. And usually one Saturday a month. That's very good, actually. That's, that's Saturday a, too, huh? One Saturday. But you live, in, you live in Woodlands. Yes, closer so, to the Woodlands. So, in Woodlands, you have four days there in a week? Yeah. Okay, so that's okay. Good deal. Well, tell us about you. Last time you did tell us that you were born in Chin- Kerala. Kerala. In Kerala. Tell us which, what, Kerala is a beautiful place, it's a right? Beautiful yes. place. I've never been there, but I'd love to it's go. It's called there. God's Own Country. No, thank you very much. <laughs> Even though it's not a country. <laughs> yeah, it's God's Own Country. I like that. And uh, so, which part of Kerala? Tell us about Kerala. What is, I mean, yeah. I, can, I can tell you about Maharashtra. I was born there. Yeah. But I want to hear a little bit about Kerala. So, Kerala is uh, the southern state in India. It is coastal. Um, the capital is Tiruvantapuram. I was born in Calicut. Uh, or Kori Kord. Right. And that was when my parents were in Calicut doing their medical school and post-graduation. <laughs> and then I moved from there to Kochi, where I did elementary school for a few years. Then I moved to Delhi, uh, where I finished my elementary school and a year of middle school. Then I moved back to Kerala. Finished my high school, and then I did my medical school in Chennai. Mm. Wow. Wow. After medical school, I moved to the U.S. to pursue my career. So I started in Philadelphia with my residency in internal medicine. That was at Drexel University College of Medicine. And then I moved on to Houston. I worked here as a faculty at UT, mm-hmm. at University of Texas, in Houston Health Science Center. Right. Then I wanted to pursue cardiology. So I went back into training to do cardiology fellowship, which is three years. And then since then, I have been practicing cardiology. So and since 2015. Where was the fellowship you said? At UT Houston Health Science Center. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Right. I mean, you know, as you know, the Texas Medical Center is the, be- the best medical center in the world. I mean, you've got everything right, going going for yes. us. It's right the now. largest medical center. It is the largest well, medical center. Well, I, we, I think everyone knows it's the best also because yeah. you've got everything on college. Along with the, along with the largest, it's the best. It's probably <laughs> the best also. Hey, we are Estonian. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, 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 I'm proud to be part of the Texas Medical Center. And it's uh, we are still waiting our uh, uh, our host Smriti. She's probably listening to us on the on the radio while in in her car. I also want to thank Fenil Shah. She's our she hosts all these programs on YouTube and Facebook and other, uh, you know, um, media that we all jump into sometimes. So I'm going to thank all our crew that helps out here. So let's talk about, now let's talk about your husband. Where did you meet your handsome husband out there? I By the way, y'all, y'all could be <laughs> in a movie together. You know that, right? <laughs> I can see him singing and going around the tree and all that. I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind that. I like that. Wow. <laughs> Look at that. So, how did you? Better, you better do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you meet your hus- uh, uh, handsome husband? That's what we call him. I met him in San Francisco. That was the first time I met him in person. And oh, we, well, you were not even there, yeah? We what? mutually wanted to meet okay. at a place that was uh, different from where we were living. So, wait a minute, you all met online first and then Yes, we met online and Chala. we decided to meet you at a place. You can see the site, you can see the site. 
and then you all wanted to meet in California. Yeah, we ha- we had to think yeah, out so of the box. That is so. awesome, though. That's awesome. <laughs> so, so we met in California, and then uh, after I got to know him more, I moved to Houston was from it, Philadelphia. Was it love at first sight for him or for you? It was mutual. Mutual. It was uh, I like initially. That That's a very good. <laughs> I like that answer. Sir, yeah, I think that was love. Sir, you have to go dinner ki booking kaha karaiya. I hope it's a lovely place out there. All right. Uh, All the jokes are over now. Now we're going to get down to the serious stuff. Folks sure. are listening to Open Forum. You know, we are a, a program out here gets serious at times, but we start with a little light, little jest, little you know, try to get to know our guests. try to get to know the guest family and that's what for 22 years open forum has been known for we don't we're not serious sweats are coming you know we're not sweating on the face seriously <coughs> talking to someone we're having a good time and Absolutely. in having yeah. a good time jagadbhai you know we try to teach our listeners right. about topics that we choose out here and today's topic is going to be your heart and and that is so appropriate topic for yes, uh, particularly our listeners yes absolutely because yes. you know the south asian community they really need to know you know how their heart works and what needs to be taken care of right right uh, so how it needs to be taken care of right. you know in the right way <laughs> so as a cardiologist you know i pose this question to neurologists and i get a different answer a pulmonary guy gives me a different answer what is the most important organ in the body the Obviously, heart the heart yeah. the heart <laughs> tell us uh, you know just as a as a base tell us the function of the heart what does the heart do why does it do what it does heart is a very vital organ it is the most important organ in your body and it has different types of function one part is the plumbing part of the heart that's the blood flow to the heart mm-hmm. if you have problem with the plumbing function of the heart you develop coronary artery disease due to blockages and that can lead to heart attack the other part of the heart function is electrical so if there is a problem with the electrical activity of the heart it can lead to arrhythmias or conduction abnormalities like heart block where patients might need a pacemaker or they need medications to treat those arrhythmias the third part of the heart function is pertaining to the structure of the heart so if there is a problem with the structure leads to structural heart disease there are patients who have calcification of the aortic valve mm-hmm. leading up to aortic aortic stenosis which can cause symptoms like chest pain and shortness of breath so all those types of problems concerning the valves or the heart muscle are collectively called structural heart disease so you can break the function of the heart into different aspects and as a general cardiologist we treat all those heart diseases and then there are uh, cardiologists who are more specialized like an interventional cardiologist mm-hmm. who can put stents or an electrophysiologist who can do an ablation or a defibrillator Basement, implant yeah, right. so they're more specialized yeah. but basic cardiology involves all these basic aspects of the heart function and you said it so well i mean you broke it down so beautifully in those three functions that people who are listening out there can understand ki there is some electricity there are valves out there and there's a muscle that does all the pumping and and it's very difficult for people to understand that but i uh, thank you for saying that and as you know you know i do pediatrics and adults and and uh, jagadbhai you know as soon as the baby is conceived a few weeks after that you can actually start listening hearing the heartbeat so the heart has a function way before the baby is born till the last breath and that's so you right. can imagine how much pumping of that blood it does throughout the lifetime of that heart and and so one has to appreciate how important that organ is but what we don't appreciate 
स्पेशली एज देसीज जगत भाई मैं अभी एक समोसा खा के आया बोलना मत नहीं किसी को बट वट वी डोंट अंडरस्टैंड इज देर आर वेज टू टेक केयर ऑफ योर हार्ट ऑब्वियसलीयरफ bodies have you ever noticed that that's because As, that's huh. because they know what the car looks like right. what how it functions right. unfortunately in our community people really do not know yeah. how your body functions okay. how your heart functions right. you know just like she explained in in a very very basic term uh, the three different aspects of heart you know i yeah. i don't think that people really understand that you know i mean all they know is that it is a heart yeah and and it pumps the blood you right. know to all every organ of your body okay uh, including your brain you know but that's about it that's that's where it stops you know and then if they have a problem they go to the cardiologist they go to a lot of other specialist but even then after going to all those doctors sometimes it's difficult to understand what exactly is wrong with you yeah so and that is where the problem to is to explain to our listeners out there what is the meaning of blood pressure people you know people come and they'll talk in a party and they'll talk yeah. i'll listen to over here i i hear people uh, talking to each other and they say yaar mujhe pressure ho gaya but pressure to sabko that tell us about what is this blood pressure that everyone talks about yeah blood pressure is uh, something that we determine by using a blood pressure cuff and we check the pressure to determine if you're having either normal blood pressure low blood pressure high blood pressure and blood pressure is determined by various factors if your heart is pumping in a normal fashion are your blood vessels uh working in a normal fashion if they have normal vascular resistance is there calcification in the blood vessels is there a higher volume or salt uh, or sodium in your body all these factors can affect your blood pressure and blood pressure is the leading risk for heart disease and stroke so importantly blood pressure is uh, considered a very common problem and it is something that needs to be monitored every uh every time you see a doctor sometimes you can also monitor your blood pressure at home if you have a blood pressure monitor at home you can check your blood pressure to know if you have a problem so you can see a doctor mm-hmm. and it's important to treat high blood pressure sooner than later so that you can reduce right. your risk for heart disease right. and yeah. stroke so i would i would rather have someone uh having a blood pressure kit at home mm-hmm. than going to a doctor every 6 mm-hmm. months or every year you know mm-hmm. because this is extremely important to check on it because many people Sometimes I even talk to friends and I say, well, I got 180. I was just talking to a friend of mine uh, the day before yesterday. And all of a sudden he says, well, my blood pressure shot up to uh, 210. He's happy. And and I said, are you serious? And he says, yeah. He says, I'm going to a doctor right now. Yeah. And I said, do you have a blood, I mean, blood pressure kit at home? Mm-hmm. He said, no, I don't. You know, so these are the issues. So how, I said, how did you know? so she, uh, basically the the uh, my friend went to the emergency clinic yeah. and that's where they found out oh. you know that what is wrong right you know all so of a sudden it doesn't yeah, have so to wait till you know it gets that high right. if you monitor your that's, blood pressure on a regular that's basis too high. you can prevent it from getting that high and so, uh, you know you know what is normal Yeah. So, so it, as a cardiologist what is right. the recommendation Normal blood pressure should be less than 120 over 80 so 120 is a top number or systolic blood pressure and right. 80 or less for the diastolic blood pressure Okay If your blood pressure is definitely over 140 over 90 that's time to take medications Okay If it is between 120 and 140 uh for the top number or between 80 and 
89 mm-hmm. for the bottom number. It's time to think about your lifestyle. Changes, yeah. Ch- make some yeah. changes in your lifestyle where you start eating better, consume mm-hmm. less or low salt in your diet, try to exercise more regularly, lose weight. If you yeah. smoke, then you quit smoking. Right. Uh, if you drink heavily, try to cut back on alcohol intake. Yeah. All those measures can help you reduce your blood pressure. So right. you might not need medications. I guess only on weekend we can have a mishal. Hey. लॉन्ग वीकेंड नहीं होना चाहिए दोस्तों आप सुन रहे हैं ओपन फोरम हमारे वन ओ थ्री पॉइंट फाइव स्टेशन पे हमारे साथ आज है डॉक्टर खान शी इज अ कार्डियोलॉजिस्ट इनका जो ऑफिस है वुडलैंड में भी है और एक ऑफिस शुगरलैंड में भी है आज हम आपके हार्ट की जो डिजीजेज होती हैं जो बीमारियां होती हैं उनके बारे में चर्चा करेंगे कुछ बात करेंगे अगर आपको कोई क्वेश्चन हो इफ यू वॉन्ट कॉल इन and ask a question our number is 1888749 1035 you know sabse jyada dr khan hame resistance primary care mein milta hai patient se like jagat said ki blood pressure hota hai lekin dawai lene ki koi gunjayish nahi hoti they don't want to start any medicine because there's a myth thodi soch aisi hoti logo ki ki yaar ek time maine dawai shuru kar di na aap doctor log जिंदगी भर देते रहेंगे उस पर आप क्या टिप्पणी आपकी क्या है ओपिनियन क्या है आपकी मेरी हिंदी थोड़ी शुद्ध हो रही है बट आई अपोलोजाइज बट आई समाइम वॉन्ट टू शो ऑफ दई नो लिटल हिंदी I don't understand Malayalam although I would say speak in that also. <laughs> I can try. You can. So what do you think people do come Jagatbhai you have friends who have told you that right? Yes. If we start medicine Absolutely. now I'm going to you guys will give it forever. Well, there is there is a I don't know there's just a, a resistance from the community to take any medication unless they have to. Right. And and when you go to a doctor and the doctor prescribes a medication and then all of a sudden you don't have a choice mm-hmm. but they they take that medication grudgingly. not that they allowed to take it but the grudgingly as a matter of fact a, a, a good friend lives in sugarland you know he was having it i said the doctor prescribed some medication to him and and all of a sudden he says i just i cannot have it i said what do you mean cannot have it so i'm taking all these medications and i have a sleep problem uh-huh. and i have this problem and that problem i said this is all in your mind you know basically because you are against taking any medication yes and that's what i was trying to explain i said you need to accept it because you are not young anymore you have this issue and the medication is going to help you to sustain your life you know for whatever period that he has left right. we all will we are left with right so do you see that in your practice too i mean resistance to starting medication and then continuing them this is a common problem yeah. and i think this is one of the reasons patients don't like to see doctors yeah. period right. doesn't have to be a cardiologist they're afraid to see a doctor because they think that they might get started on medications and then they're going to have to be on medications for the rest of their life when we approach patients we make them understand what the problem entails if it is high blood pressure or high cholesterol or diabetes what harm can these problems do to the body mm-hmm. and it can lead to complications like heart attack stroke congestive heart failure and so forth and we want to prevent those complications we need to treat right. these underlying causes like high blood pressure cholesterol and diabetes right. which are the common risk factors for heart disease exactly right we approach patients initially by giving them good lifestyle choices what can they do to improve their lifestyle so that they might not need to take medications right right 
But when they're initially diagnosed, depending on how high their cholesterol is or high, how high their blood pressure is or mm-hmm. how high their blood sugar is, they might need the help of medications with lifestyle changes in order to make an impact on their health. If the blood pressure is 210, like you had mentioned, one of your friends had a blood pressure of 210, lifestyle changes are not going to be enough to lower that blood pressure. That patient is going to need medications and along with medications, good lifestyle choices to keep that blood pressure down. And as you give some time to the patient, as the blood pressure gets better, eventually we can try to wean the medication off and see if the patient can do without medications. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a lot of patients wait so long, they don't take care of their health, and then it comes to a point where they do need medications, and they have to stay on medications for the rest of their life. Right, Um, and and you're so right about that, that initially you've got to make sure you bring it down, and then later on as you lose weight, I've had patients losing 35, 40 pounds, and you start decreasing the doses, and you... I tell them that, look, we'll give you a trial. Yeah. I cannot promise you that you're going to be off the medicine, but definitely you've reached a point where we can try and then see if you can stay off. But then there are other um, lifestyle changes, like you said, diet, alcohol consumption. Tell us about the sleep apnea part of it. What is sleep apnea and how does it bother the blood pressure? Sleep apnea is a secondary cause for hypertension or high blood pressure. And those who have more moderate or severe sleep apnea tend to have effects on high blood pressure. And if you treat, diagnose and treat sleep apnea, you have a better chance of controlling the blood pressure. And sleep apnea is diagnosed with the help of a sleep study. Right. And it is commonly treated with a CPAP machine, which is a continuous pressure airway uh, machine that provides the pressure to keep your airways open mm-hmm. so you don't have any obstruction when you're breathing during your sleep. So treating sleep apnea helps mm-hmm. with the treatment of high blood pressure. Uh, Jagat Bhai, I, we talked about sleep apnea with our pulmonary friends, if you remember. A lot of people yes. do have that and it's actually one of the most underdiagnosed yeah. condition known to humans right now, even now with all the technology. Um, part of it is because of the insurance resistance. Right. A lot of it is due to patient resistance and ignorance. But again, want to emphasize right. to folks out there that when you do talk to your primary physician, one of the question is that they will may give it to, give to you if your BMI is over a certain number is a sleep questionnaire. Don't take that lightly. I usually give it to someone that I suspect. I say go to your spouse, yeah. be it a female or male. Make them fill it with you, and then bring it back next time, and then we can read it together. Because every patient that I ask, do you have sleep apnea? That's a stupid question to ask. I get an even stupid answer. They say no. So I can't hear you. So I know, that's okay. But what I'm saying is that many of us, many in the community... Is this not working? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, okay. You can ask that. All right. they, 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 they know how to use the word sleep apnea. But they can't hear you. But that's they can't hear you. No, but I don't, we're wasting time out here. No, no. So, yeah, I, I think what we need to do is get Jagat Bhai to get off the couch. Yeah, exercise yeah. I, just, I just love that. I just love that. But chair. Yes, yes. You anyway, like what I'm saying is that many of these peeps of our community people, they, they know the word sleep apnea, yeah. but when you actually ask them, what does it mean? It's just difficult for them to explain it, what exactly it means. Understand, yeah. So I think, you I need think to, in basic term, you need to explain what sleep apnea is. So people would understand exactly, you know, what sleep apnea is. Mm-hmm. You doctors, you know, you we use know. this fancy term all yeah, this time. Fancy all the time. term, okay. No, no, but actually they don't know that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, when you say, they said, we don't know, we've not been diagnosed with sleep apnea, so I can't say I have sleep apnea. You're right, right about right? that. I, I think part of I it think, is 
education. So I'm going to let Dr. Khan talk about a little bit about sleep apnea. She's a cardiologist, but of course they deal with sleep apnea also because most, a lot of your patients, some of the arrhythmias could be caused with, due to bad sleep apnea. So Dr. Khan, stage Sleep apnea is a sleep disorder where uh, you have problems breathing. So your breathing can become shallow or you can stop breathing during your sleep. Now, when you're sleeping alone, you might not be aware of these mm-hmm. problems unless you have a partner or spouse who has witnessed that you are snoring or you stop breathing for a few seconds during your sleep or you're frequently moving your limbs, your legs while you're sleeping. You're not comfortably sleeping during the night. These are all symptoms of sleep apnea. Now, For those who experience sleepiness during the day, feeling very tired and sleepy during the day, they could Mm -hmm. easily fall asleep while watching TV or even while driving. Mm -hmm. You might just close your eyes for a brief moment. These are all common symptoms of sleep apnea. Waking up in the morning, feeling that you're not refreshed, even if you slept seven to nine hours. Having a headache in the morning, feeling tired. uh, These are all common symptoms. Dry mouth. I mean, you know, this. Yeah, they wake up with a dry mouth. I get a lot of people just tell me that. Yeah, for those who breathe with their mouths open, they might have dry mouth. So if you have these symptoms, if you're treating a patient who has high blood pressure or who has some of these common symptoms, it's important to address sleep apnea as a problem and direct those patients to get a sleep study. Now, the problem with sleep apnea is that it has a lot of impact on the cardiovascular system. It can raise your blood pressure. It can cause oxygen desaturation where the oxygen levels can really drop Mm -hmm. while you're sleeping, and that can cause severe problems right. in your cardiovascular system where your heart function is impaired you can have irregular heart rhythms abnormal heartbeats one of the common one is atrial fibrillation which right. is an irregularly irregular heart rhythm and atrial fibrillation is commonly seen in those who have moderate to severe sleep apnea right. and atrial fibrillation increases the risk for stroke so it is a problem that affects multiple systems in the body And it is actually very common among adults, even kids. Pediatric uh, age group can have sleep apnea. But the cause for sleep apnea in children could be a little bit different, like enlarged tonsils or adenoids and so forth. But in adults, often it is obstructive sleep apnea, where your airways become kind of relaxed Mm -hmm. when you're sleeping, and it narrows down the airways, so you're not getting enough flow. There's another condition called central sleep apnea, which Mm -hmm. is a little bit less common, where your brain... Uh, stimulation on breathing is not working in a normal fashion. So there are different types of sleep apnea, but the most common one is obstructive sleep apnea, where you often mm-hmm. see patients snoring, right. or you know their family members might have noticed that the patient is snoring, and that's a very common symptom. Right. And in pediatrics, uh, as you mentioned about pediatrics, uh, it's not necessarily nowadays we see definitely adenoids and tonsils being enlarged is the cause of sleep apnea in kids, but we have started seeing childhood obesity, where they're now behaving like the adult sleep apnea, the obstructive. As soon as they lay down, everything just starts shutting down. So the importance then of weight management, which we're going to talk a little later, is is, is crucial, yes. because you've got to understand that that weight causes a lot of problems, like you mentioned on the blood pressure, yeah. sleep apnea, now you mentioned the second one. You're saying something? So weight is uh, an important risk factor. So uh, we do see sleep apnea more often in those who are obese who uh, got a BMI more than 30. Mm -hmm. So losing weight or maintaining healthy weight is important in treating and sometimes even preventing sleep apnea. 
Right. Folks, you're listening to Open Forum. Smriti, welcome to Open Thank Forum. You've you got been, late. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. I mean, it's okay. That's why we have three of us out here. Actually, I'm coming from the woodland, woodland you, you side You came from today. the woodland. Yep. It's far off. Right. And uh, Smriti, of course, was in India, and she's going back to India, and then she's coming back, then she's going back to India. So I asked her, I think she lives in Houston, though. Yeah, I, I number, try to live in Houston. Yeah. I don't know about that. Our number out here is one. Okay, so physically, you live in Houston. Your mic is working, by the way. Uh, I think it just started working. working yeah. uh, so, uh, our number out here is 1-888-749-1035. Why is it, some people ask that question, someone is, well, why is it that, uh, Dr. Khan, you know, we talk about uh, Desis have um, a lot of uh, heart disease. Is that true or is it just a myth? Is it very common in, you know, Desi people? You know, I, before you answer the question, I think you're right. I, I don't know about the answer, but this is one of the myths that I've heard that South Asian men have very narrow, narrow arteries. arteries. This is something which, like, a lot of people say, is it true? Well, even the doctor said here. Yeah. Uh, right. Is it true? So the, 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 question, the thing is, that I, you and all of us in this room have heard of any someone or the other at mm-hmm. age 45, 44, 48. I've seen some patients like that who just have sudden death and it's due to coronary artery. Is there some basis for that or what's going on there? Narrowing of the heart vessels or arteries, coronary arteries, is what is called as coronary artery disease. There is narrowing because of plaque buildup or atherosclerosis. Mm -hmm. And that leads to higher risk for heart disease like heart attack. Right. So, yes, it is common, more common among the Southeast Asian population. One of the reasons is uh, because of high cholesterol and metabolic syndrome. Okay. So, low HDL, which is the good cholesterol or high triglyceride, diabetes, a larger waist circumference, both among men and women. Mm -hmm. So, all these conditions are more prevalent among the Southeast Asian population, which leads to higher risk for heart disease. So, that's what... That's why, so it's a diet. So there is, so there is no saying, truth yeah, that the South Asian people tend to have a, a narrow a, a arteries, narrow arteries. smaller caliber arteries. Is that true, or is it? We don't know. The narrowing is because of coronary artery disease or atherosclerosis. Okay. They are not. So they're not born with born with okay. smaller arteries. Okay. 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 So a lot of people. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a, you so know there myth, are no, right? but, yeah. because even I've talked myth? to other cardiologists. They say exactly what she said that it's not. It's a yeah. myth. It's a right. myth, but I it's think our diet, our diet is such right. that uh, I think our diet is the biggest culprit. Yeah. Between uh, men and women, women tend to have smaller hearts and smaller mm-hmm. coronaries, right. Right. just across the board. If right. you look at the heart, Everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. so among well, women, we see small caliber vessels. I see. The narrowing is because of the plaque buildup. Right. Even without any plaque, even in normal heart vessels, we can see that women generally have smaller heart size, yeah. smaller muscle mass, and smaller coronary, coronaries or heart yeah. vessels compared to men. Okay, okay. good. So, yeah. how can we then prevent that? I mean, you know, uh, we, we always have topics out here about diet in desis. Is our diet really that bad? You think? No samosas. I agree. Hey, prevent- hey, <laughs> Saturday, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Prevention is very important, and 
This month is all about creating awareness about preventing and diagnosing and treating heart disease to prevent complications like heart attack and stroke because wow. one in four deaths in the country is due to heart disease. Mm-hmm. And it affects both men and women. The leading cause of death among both men and women is heart disease. So this month is really focused on all these measures wow. and prevention plays a very important role. And the bottom line when we look at prevention is to know a lot of things like what is your family history? What what is your lifestyle? What is your blood pressure? Your mm-hmm. cholesterol? Are you diabetic? Are you smoking? Are you in a community where there is a higher prevalence for heart disease? Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, Southeast Asian population. You should be more aware of these factors so you can act on them and prevent heart disease. So if you have high blood sugar, how do you treat that? Or how do you prevent yourself from getting high blood sugar? What is a heart-healthy diet? How can you eat better so you're not consuming too much salt so you can prevent high blood pressure? Right. If you're smoking, you need to quit smoking. Smoking has no benefit yeah, in the heart. Yeah, exactly. Alcohol, if you're consuming too much alcohol, cut that back. Right. Because increased intake of alcohol is detrimental to the heart health. If you are exposed to other factors, like let's say secondhand smoking, that should be mm-hmm. uh, uh, addressed yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So even if you're not a smoker, but you are exposed to secondhand smoking, that is a risk factor. Yeah. Knowing your 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 uh, number. So if mm-hmm. you haven't if you haven't seen a primary care doctor, got your cholesterol checked or your blood sugar checked, you're not going to know. And you can assume that you're healthy. And a lot of people assume that, you know, they can do their work, they can sleep seven hours, go to work and function in normal capacity and they're going to be healthy. But they don't know their cholesterol or blood pressure or blood sugar level unless it's checked. So have an annual visit with a doctor and get these blood tests done so you know your numbers and know what lifestyle choices you can make to eat better, to lose weight, to exercise um, so you can prevent these heart problems. How often should a uh, um, male and at what age should be seeing a cardiologist as a preventive So cardiologist? current guidelines are suggesting that if you're an adult 20 and above, you mm-hmm. can see a cardiologist and get a basic cardiac screening. If and what does the basic cardiac screening involve? It involves assessment of cardiac risk factors, knowing family history to know if you have familial hypercholesterolemia or a family history of premature coronary artery disease where you might have had a family member have a heart attack at a very young age. If you're exposed to certain risk factors like smoking, how can you help somebody quit smoking? All these are addressed during cardiac initial cardiac assessment. Yeah. And it also involves a full physical and exam. Uh, exam physical exam any and testing, assessment. Any testing at age 20? Well, Usually, testing involves the blood work, mm-hmm. and if yeah. you're seeing a cardiologist, you are definitely going to get an electrocardiogram or an ECG or EKG. Yeah. A lot of times, we can pick up a few abnormalities on the EKG, even if the physical exam is normal. Okay. Mm. So, if somebody has an enlarged heart, that might show up on the electrocardiogram, but you cannot hear any abnormal heart sounds or heart murmur when you listen to them. So, EKG is part of the initial screening okay. um, when you see a cardiologist, so, and... So you said uh, the cardiology, uh, your cardiology body says that at 20 you can start doing that? And then how often do you do that? Is, it, is there a guideline every 5 years, 10 years? If your initial screening is normal, you yeah. can do once in 5 years okay. until the age of 40. After 40 is recommended you do it at least once in a year or two. Oh really? Wow. wow. Even That's with right. a low risk. There is a higher incidence of heart disease, especially among young adults, 40 to 59. So that's the target population okay. that we try to implement 
yeah. these uh, changes very you know strictly to prevent heart disease and stroke. Right. So 40 to 59 is that critical age group where all these measures are strictly implemented. Okay, Chuck, I had a let question. Let me yeah. ask you this, uh, Jasmine. Uh, you go to your primary doctor for everything you know related to your health. If the primary doctor tells you that you really do not see anyone or they don't even mention, uh, then how do you determine that they need to go or individual needs to determine? That change, the, change the primary care doctor. <coughs> Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I, I, would, I mean, I definitely we, would say we, that as well. We follow certain protocols. Yeah. Right. If 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 every primary care physician thinks that he can do everything all the time, I think there's right. a problem there. You yeah. you you follow these like she just mentioned a diabetic for example in right. our practice, all diabetics I make sure they've seen the cardiologist and I tell them depending on their risk factors how often I, I don't send them every year I'll be honest. Right. There's no need to, I think, yeah, right. as long as they're good and the A1C is good and, right. you know, other things that you look for. Right. But if, if, a, if a primary guy thinks that he can do everything, I think it's time to change. And he doesn't refer to you to, you know, Yeah, I mean, you don't do unnecessary yeah. referrals, exactly. but you do, you follow some okay. certain, certain guidelines. guidelines and your clinical exam, you look at yeah. the labs, you look at this. And yes, we do follow those things. So basically what you're saying is that as a patient, you need to be proactive. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And that's why on Open Forum, we bring different specialties to make people understand that, you know, every specialty has a role to play and your primary physician should understand that role and make sure that you get to And if you have certain risk factors, like you said, you know, and you're going in in for an initial screening with the primary care, I mean, I I think the primary care should refer you to a cardiologist. Obviously, you know, if they have certain risk factors, Uh, which are very, you know, I think that would be best. Yeah, we do sometimes see patients who have been seeing other primary physicians. And when I ask the question, the 62-year-old, He's never been referred for anything. Right. Wow. Colonoscopy, blah, blah, whatever it is. It's, yeah. it's not that common. It's rare. But then I wonder, why is that guy still in practice or the girl, whoever it was? Right. Because you've got to follow certain guidelines at certain ages, different right. ages, you know. Right. If there are some factors like familial hypercholesterolemia yeah, or type 1 diabetes, these are all high-risk conditions yeah. for heart disease. Correct. These patients have to be screened at a much younger age for underlying heart disease because they are more likely to develop more that right. at a younger yeah. age. So you don't wait till they get to 40 right. before they see a cardiologist. Exactly. And, and we do see in primary care, we see patients who've had a heart attack blockage at age 38, and I checked the kid's cholesterol is 300. You know that kid is already in a very, very high risk, and then refer them out to the children's hospital cardiology. They take over. These are kids who are definitely at age 33, 34 with the-